<laughs> oh. Hi, this is Gary Van Wormerdam. This is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. Um, I'm laughing because I find it rather daunting what I'm attempting to talk about. Um, I've set this topic in front of me, conscious and spiritual awakening, and um, like to get this done in about 30 minutes. Um, if I make it under 60, that would be amazing. And even then I'm going to have to shorten this and completely hack up uh, the actual process with this description that I go into. But such is the nature of translating life processes or complex understandings into words and summaries. I'll do it anyways. Realizing and letting you know there's going to be a lot of distortion in this. There's a lot of caveats and side roads that won't get covered. And very likely for people will raise as many questions as it answers, but that's the nature of this kind of endeavor at times. What I do intend to help with, though, is perhaps just one nugget, one realization, and that is that uncontrolled part of your mind that's thinking thoughts or creating emotional reactions that you're working to dismantle, uh, assuming that you are, it's supposed to be there. This struggle with your belief system is supposed to be there. It's part of the process of conscious awakening. So, little side note here, these podcasts cover basically the landscape of what our challenges are with in our life, relationships, love, emotions, beliefs, drama, those things that go on in our mind and our emotions to help give you a better perspective. That's what I cover in the podcast. The actual action steps to take if you really want to change it or you want to know how to change it if you're in either category, I suggest you take advantage of the self-mastery audio that's on my website. In those audios are the actual action steps to developing awareness and dismantling the beliefs and recovering the personal willpower over those things that tend to carry us out of control with emotional reactions. How to do that and what to do is in the self-mastery series. And the first few sessions are free. The remainder of the course, basic course, is $99, so it's a very reasonable price. So back to the lay of the land of why, part of why I put that course together. And that is what I principally want to talk about is conscious awakening. Slightly different than a spiritual awakening. Okay, hugely different than a spiritual awakening. You know, the development of our body takes years. You know, nine months in a womb 
before we're breathing on our own. Months afterwards to learn to use our muscles and then balance and walk. Talking takes more months. And the following years, our mind is developing. We're learning to make interpretation. We're learning to observe. We're learning to use language. And even then, our physical body isn't developed. These things take time. And there's a physical development of the body that, you know, it's not even mature enough to reproduce until it's in the teenage years. And then a person isn't necessarily emotionally mature enough uh, to function as a parent so well. It's a big world. That's challenging. It's chaotic and confusing. So there's an emotional maturity that doesn't happen even when the physical body's already mature. And there's this mental development that goes on. Much of that in school, although school doesn't teach us so much about the world, it teaches us a lot about information in books. And all of this makes for a multidimensional being. There's a physical body, there's an emotional body, we're perceiving emotions, we have a mind that's making interpretations. We're learning to interact in relationships and behavior. We're learning what to do, what not to do. We're really a complex organism with a lot of different modalities to perceive, just with our senses, with our emotions, observe and express and interact in the world. And as we learn to do this, there's a part of the mind, talk about the mind, is developing. And it continues to develop long after we're in our 20s, 30s, and we can even add more in our 40s and later in life. It can grow. During that time, there's also an opportunity for conscious development, where we become conscious and awake and aware, and we that conscious development can lead to a spiritual awakening. And that's what I want to talk about. What is that development? How does it happen? But first we need to talk about the mind and belief systems. And how beliefs are created in the mind. How we develop literally an entire virtual world in our mind that is the accumulation of what we know. You know, it starts with something simple like how to ask for what we want at the table, more complex of the rules and agreements about how to cross the street, more detailed in school, the physical makeup of the world, the universe, atoms, chemistry, biology, 
And what happens in, say, courses like physics or science, we learn to study models of, say, for instance, a solar system or an atom. And there's a picture in a book. There's a mathematical equation that describes the movement. And in our mind, we create a mental picture of planets revolving around the sun. We learn to create a lot of mental pictures. We learn to create mental pictures and beliefs about who we are. What we're good at, what we're not good at. Whether we're beautiful or ugly, smart or dumb. What we're smart at, what we're stupid about. Who likes us, who doesn't like us, why? We learn to create a mental model of how to act in relationships. If I do this, oh, then this will happen, they'll react this way. If I do this, they'll respond this way. And we learn to create a whole assumption in our mind of what's going to happen in the dynamics of our relationships. What we should do and shouldn't do and how other people will react to what we do and don't do. Is that really how they'll respond? Maybe, maybe not. But we order not just models in our mind of electron structures, but also relationships. What our body looks like. We have stories about our body. We have stories that our body is this way or that way. And that story includes a mental image of what our body is. You know, if you close your eyes and say, okay, think of what your body looks like, you have a big mental image there. And it's in your mind. It's not your actual body. It's a virtual picture of what your body looks like. And if we say, what do you know about your body? You're going to describe everything you know, everything that's in that virtual world that you've accumulated as knowledge about your body. And much of this is in the form of language and words. Backed up perhaps by imagery of what we've acquired visually, looking in the mirror, looking at it. It's the way it is. So we have memory of images in that world of knowledge. This is all good, having a mind that understands in an operational way uh, accumulation of how the world is, how we are, how things work. Except when the way we understand it isn't exactly how it is. That's when we get into this issue where some of our beliefs, our understandings about the world are false. Our beliefs, our understanding about ourselves, are false. The world is false. Other people, false. But we don't even notice that.
We go along not noticing that we believe things that aren't true. Some of it's very innocent. Growing up, wonder what we're going to be. And, you know, for boys, it's going to be firemen and policemen and astronauts and investment bankers now, maybe. I don't know what the uh, current trend is among six-year-olds about they aspire to be. Uh, women, you've got me on that one, too. You know, they're probably not certain age they want to be a princess later in life uh, they become more serious and they want to be doctors and lawyers and such does everybody end up in the reality of that experience no but when we're 5 or 8 or 12 or even 18 years old we believe that's what we're going to do and what our life is going to be and that's kind of innocent. That's kind of naive. And we can ask a young child, what are you going to be with you? Or what are you going to do with your life? And they say, I'm going to go do this. That's part of what they know, what they believe about their future. Is it true? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Probably will change for most people. What I'm pointing to here is, to be clear, that in our mind we have... A whole picture, not of ourselves, but of our future. And it exists, not in reality, but in this virtual world of our mind. And we can really believe it's true. And it can become very powerful, this virtual world. It's made of beliefs. Take, for instance, a young woman who believes that she's overweight. But now let's imagine that that belief system in her mind is distorted to the degree that we call anorexia. In her mind, she has an image of her body and she sees it as overweight and fat. And she'll have all sorts of stories about her body. How it shouldn't look that way. I don't want to be that. I have to change it. And so she takes action based on that belief about what her body looks like. She works out, she exercises, she tries real hard, she eats less, her body gets thinner. So in reality, her body's changed. But she doesn't see her body the way it is. She sees what she believes it is. The virtual world of her belief is so strong. She's so convinced that her body's overweight. She won't even notice the reality of what it actually looks like, how thin and emaciated it is. Ends up in the hospital, still wanting to starve herself because she's still acting on the belief that the body is overweight. That's how strong that one particular aspect of beliefs about the body can be. That a person will take their life and literally starve their body to death, not even notice that it's starving. Their belief can override even the survival instincts of their body for food. That's how distorted this virtual world of beliefs can become. And this creates the kind of problems 
whether it's judgment about our body, rejecting our body, it's beliefs we have about investments in stock markets. There's a whole collective beliefs, a whole large number of people not too long ago. Real estate prices are going to continue going up. And that belief became so strong, and a whole large number of people believing the same thing all looked at each other. One person said it, the other person believed it, and it becomes an echo chamber of beliefs. Everybody's in that bubble and creates one giant bubble of belief. They were not acting on real prices, real value, or reality of how cycles of these bubbles work. They were acting on their beliefs. The decisions being based on this virtual world of beliefs. Do we have beliefs about other things? Absolutely. We have beliefs about relationships. We have beliefs about the kind of person we should be, what we should be for a success. And if we're not that success, we believe that we're a failure. And those beliefs feel very real, particularly emotionally. Are they true? They feel true. Doesn't mean they are true. But in this virtual world of our mind, that's what we see. We see, like the anorexic woman, what we believe is there. As long as we have these very rigid and strong beliefs about it. We live in that paradigm, that bubble, that belief system. And we act and take action in the world. And we experience the world very much based on this belief system that we've built as a model of understanding about how the world works, who we are, who other people are, how we're supposed to be, how the world's supposed to be, so forth. So if you can, I won't say imagine, but notice how your mind imagines so many scenarios, and these are the models our mind has built to explain to ourselves what the world is, who we are, and our relationship to it. What we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. What will work, what won't work. It's all built as a model in the mind. We have a virtual version of ourself, actually more than one. We have a virtual understanding of what the world is. And we have virtual understanding in our mind based on what we think our relationships are and what they're not and where they're going. All these are our understandings of and our way to explain all these things that go on in the outside world. And all our understandings, our descriptions, our opinions, our judgment are based on this information we have in our virtual model of our mind. This isn't bad. This is the way it is, and we need an understanding of the world and ourselves in order to interact. The problem is, like I said, is when these beliefs are false and they're distorted and they don't match reality.
Now we get into drama. But we can go along pretty well in our life with this mindful of beliefs and interpretations, even if they're distorted and wrong. And actually live our whole life that way. Um, But for some people, they go along and at a certain point, something happens. Say, for instance, you invested a lot of money in real estate or dot-com stocks or whatever the current trend is, and the bubble burst, and life showed up in a reality way that didn't match what you believed it would be. And there's a great disparity between the real world and your beliefs about the real world. And you can either look at the real world and say, that shouldn't have happened, as if it should have happened according to your virtual world, or you can look at your virtual world and you say, why did that deceive me? Why did I believe that? when it wasn't reality at all. There's reality, and I thought it was this, what's going on? And there's an opportunity when this crisis happens of things not turning out the way you planned, to either get mad at the real world or to notice our false assumptions and our belief system, how our mind was taking us for this virtual tour that didn't really exist. Financial markets. Financial investments is one possibility for this wake-up. Another possibility for the anorexic woman is when she's in the hospital. It's to notice, what is her mind doing? Is it really telling her the truth? It's a harsh wake-up. You know, often this happens in relationship when our behavior is such We find ourselves angry with our partner. We find ourselves jealous or insecure. And we are not the person that we want to be, not the person we believe we should be. And we notice our real behavior not matching what we want. And we're like, wait a minute. There's a great disparity between the person I want to be or hope to be in my belief system that I try to be and project to myself and other people and the real way I'm acting with all this emotional poison. What's going on? I am not being the person I thought I was. If you sit and meditate, you're going to have this wake up. You sit and you attempt to quiet your mind or just sit still. And at that point, you are going to notice probably more loud voices than you ever heard. Yes, you're supposed to sit there, quiet your mind, and ironically, that's the point where you start to realize that this mind is very, very busy with all sorts of stories, thoughts, and imagery and beliefs. And so it is in meditation that you can begin to wake up and realize that this mind is running off on its own. And up until that point, you were going along with it. or your company lets you go, or 
you're disillusioned about something happening in your career and your relationship where things did not turn out the way you believed they would. That disparity is an opportunity to either get angry or disappointed at the world or notice my beliefs are distorted. My thoughts are distorted. And my mind is carrying me along and I'm unconscious as to what it's doing. That wake up is what it is. It's a wake up. You wake up and realize that your mind has built up so many beliefs or at least distorted ones about a specific thing and they are not true. They are not giving you an accurate description or understanding of the world. And you're acting on these beliefs that are false when the world is really different than you think it is or other people are different than you think they are. And some people will go into denial and kind of talk about how the world isn't the way it should be. And some people go a step further and and take a more courageous step and start to question their own mind and their own thoughts and say, are these really true? Do I want to continue to follow them automatically? And now you've taken that slight moment in conscious awakening and you've taken another step towards being free. You see, the development of the mind that's been happening since we started collecting ideas and interpretations and understandings of the world has created this belief system. It's like a bubble. It's a bubble we're in. And how we see the world is not how the world is. What we see when we look out is this virtual bubble world of all the things that our belief system says is there. Do we notice this? No. No, because usually it's fairly accurate and the disparities with the world we can pretty much dismiss. So we continue to see what's there. Much like the anorexic woman. Much like, you know, financial investors and financial managers in the rising tide of financial bubble. God, it looks so good. Don't question it. I feel so certain about it. Don't question it. It must be true. Everybody else believes it. Anyhow, this is a very disconcerting juncture of awakening. When you wake up and you realize that the stories that your mind is telling, the thoughts you have, A, are not completely true, or not all true. And at a certain point, you realize you, it's telling stories and having internal dialogue, whether you want it to or not, because it's taken off on its own. And you wake up inside this bubble of beliefs and thoughts and imagery, 
projections of the future, often horrific and fearful. Or if they are at least horrific and fearful, you decide you don't want them anymore, and so that brings you to this awakening. And then for those that aren't able to push it aside or overwrite it, one usually judges the heck out of it, but that's really just the voice in the head of a critical voice of the judge judging what you're now noticing. And usually blaming you for what this mind is that's going on all by itself. This whole bubble of beliefs. Anyhow, lots of reactions can happen. But essentially what has happened is you wake up inside this. And I say you as consciousness wake up and realize you're inside this bubble. You're inside this virtual world that's generating thoughts and imagery and projections and creating emotional reactions to all these generated thoughts and images and beliefs. And you're not in control of it. And as successful as you are, however you've been in accomplishing things in your life and controlling your life and developing strength in your body, when you first wake up, you are not going to be in control of this mind. Mind you, not everybody wakes up and realizes this. That their mind is running off and carrying them along. That they've been living unconsciously. But for those that do, you are not going to be in control. You wake up and it's like the car is going, the vehicle is going, 60, 100 miles an hour at times. Sometimes it can be kind of calm, but sometimes it's running out of control with thoughts in your head keeping you up at night. And you don't know how to grab hold of the steering wheel, find the brakes, get it out of gear, pull it over the side of the road and turn off the engine. You haven't learned how to steer this thing called this mind out of control at this point in your life. But by God, at least you're awake. At least you're awake. It's probably not a lot of relief. Now it's a matter of developing the skills to gain control of this mind that's gone out of control, to develop the willpower and discipline so that you can refrain from running its automatic programs that have been driving your behavior and emotional reactions, and dismantle these beliefs that are there. You could say that this process of waking up and realizing that your mind is out of control and you're inside it, this is a conscious awakening. And most people wake up in the virtual world of their mind, and it's not pretty. We're not pretty in every aspect. 
you really kind of notice the stuff that's unpleasant. And if a person can't effectively just sweep it under the rug and, or inside a closet called denial, they'll close it up there and they'll try and keep it pressed down. Although it takes a lot of work to keep it pressed down. But here's another way to look at this process, perhaps, as you wake up inside this bubble of beliefs called the mind. We've put it there. We've spent years accumulating this understanding of the world, this belief system model to operate by. And in spite of what the judge part of the mind might say about all of it being there, it's gotten us this far. And in a very big, chaotic world that has a lot of unknowns, that model has worked pretty well in a lot of regards. We've put so much power of our faith into those ideas. We've made these ideas very strong. And now they're pushing on us. These, this virtual world of beliefs is pushing on us. Until it becomes so uncomfortable, we push back. We can't ignore it anymore. We have to push back. We have to change something. For this person who awakens and realizes this situation, it is for this person that you'll find the self-mastery program on my site very helpful. Begin to step back from what's going on in your mind. Take our power out of all those ideas that have been pushing on us and learn how and effectively dismantle these false beliefs that are distorting the way we see the world. This is a further evolution of your consciousness. You are supposed to, for lack of a better word, encouraged to dismantle these things that are making you uncomfortable. We naturally tend to seek pleasure, so let's get rid of the painful stuff like these false beliefs. It's our nature, as we awaken consciously like this, to let go of things that are causing us suffering and to seek to be happy, to be in love with life and be in love with ourselves. So as you notice these false beliefs creating or pushing us to create misery, we dismantle them so we suffer less and then express ourselves in a direction of love Hence, happiness as the result. When you do this, this great bubble of beliefs that's just layered and layered and layered begins dissolving. It's collapsing. It's getting smaller. And of the many layers of walls of beliefs that we may have about things, as we dismantle each one, as you find a belief and you make the shift to pop it and your power of your faith comes out of it that force that you put in it to make it true for you comes out and you see it's not true for me not only do you feel your power of your faith coming back to you and you're getting stronger but now there's more space to move that bubble layer that was constricting you is gone 
and you feel this freedom, this liberation. Whereas people in the past would call that feeling trapped by their mind or feeling trapped or powerless. You can now move. You're breaking free of these constrictions of these layers. Some people go through this process and they knock out enough beliefs that they resolve the issue that they want. And they become more conscious, aware of their certain relationship dynamics or their poor financial management dynamics. The way their beliefs trick them, maybe judgments about their body or they shift their eating habits. And they're like, okay, that's what I wanted to resolve. I feel much better about that. And they clean up that set of beliefs and then they go back and they live their life still in layers of beliefs, still within bubbles. But they're not really pressing up against those boundaries, and those boundaries aren't pushing on them so hard that they're really uncomfortable, so it's an acceptable amount of freedom. They're more free than they were, but they're not completely free. They're more conscious and aware. They're not awake in a spiritual awakening. You see, because there's a, another layer that happens in this awakening process, there's a, an awakening that happens when you first realize that you're surrounded by this mindful of BS. That's uh, short for belief system. That's when you consciously wake up. And that wake-up experience is unpleasant. It's humbling. We wonder how we got there. We don't see as the part of the larger process of growth of our consciousness and that aspect of our being. We think it's just interfering with our success or our relationships. But really, there's a conscious awakening. And if you take that journey and you dismantle these false beliefs and you keep going and you burst all the layers of the bubble, you recover all your personal power back from every false belief you created. There's no longer anything that's a virtual world of a bubble distorting your perception of the world. Now what you see when you look out in the world is what we'll say is real. You don't corrupt it, you don't distort it, you don't misinterpret it. And you start to experience the real world. As that happens, the emotional experience of that you will perceive as love. This is the spiritual awakening. When consciousness grows out of this cocoon of the mind, and grows and grows and grows until you dissolve that layers of beliefs and you expand, you gain more awareness, more perception, more clarity and understanding, and you recover your personal power, faith, willpower, and you break free of all illusions, 
that's a spiritual awakening. That's when you start to see the real world. In a way, we used to see the real world when we were a child, but we didn't know we were looking at it. The way a child looks at, with their eyes wide open, just pure perception, in awe, feeling love. Except when we do it as an adult, we're conscious, we're aware, we're no longer naive. Which means we're not susceptible to fall back into those distortions of false beliefs and misinterpretations and fears and judgments and all those unpleasantries that often comes with distorted knowledge. So the spiritual awakening is where consciousness consciousness becomes mature. You could say the parallel is the caterpillar. As we go along in our life unconsciously, we get to a point we develop our mind and all these beliefs, and we build this cocoon, and we live inside this virtual world. And then, at a certain point, we wake up. We go through a transformation, and we're no longer just acting automatically according to the way our mind goes. And once we wake up in there, and we dismantle these false beliefs, what we're doing is not only recovering our willpower back and becoming strong, because that's one of the effects of developing your conscious awareness. We are expanding, and we're growing. And as we grow, we push up more against these new boundaries. Yeah, the big part of our cocoon, our belief system has been dismantled, but now we're bigger. We're, we're sensing more freedom and we push out farther. And when we bump up against those edges, we're like, you know, there's more to dissolve here. And so the original issue isn't just the thing. We resolve the first issue a lot of times. And some people go further and like, but now I notice this and I dissolve that, but now I notice this. And as we dissolve one thing after another, yes, there's a freedom, a liberation and expansion that we feel of ourselves. We feel lighter, we're happier, but we find other barriers in our belief system that are distortions. And we're like, well, that has to go, and now that has to go. And so we're literally dismantling this whole virtual world. That has been our cocoon. That has been the place that consciousness has been gestating. And when you let go of all the illusions and the last ones, consciousness wakes up. And that is a spiritual awakening. Or what's often talked about as a spiritual awakening. Simply because there's not much in the way of language to describe it. Emotionally, it's a beautiful love experience with all of life. Everybody. And the Buddhists would say you experience nirvana. Christians would say you're born again. Go into the different traditions. They'll all have a different way of describing it. That spiritual awakening.
But before you can get to that, you have to have a conscious awakening. And the process in between is work. It's work to dismantle these beliefs in the virtual world of your mind. But as you do each one, you feel more liberated. And you feel your freedom, and you can be happier in your life. Do you have to do all of them? No, nobody has to do all of them. You do the ones you want. You do the ones that make you uncomfortable. And if you're inspired, you go further. If you want to see life, life, this active side of infinity, the way it is. Yeah, you keep going. And it's not a linear process. Some days you break free. You knock down some false beliefs that have been constricting and, and causing you to feel trapped. And some days you're pounding against other ones. And they feel like they're pushing back. And this is the process, the journey, the challenge. And in that process, not only do you develop conscious awareness, but you learn to love and be happy. And you become strong. Your will becomes very strong. Those that have built up the thickest and heaviest layers of beliefs that cause the most suffering have an opportunity to come out with the strongest will. That's part of the growth process of the evolution of consciousness. Why is all this here? Why is all this going on? Maybe because that's by design. Maybe that's the nature of life. To evolve. Develop. Wake up. Wake up inside that cocoon. And then wake up outside that cocoon. And become real and alive. And whether it's supposed to or not supposed to, I don't think those are very good words to apply to it. I just see that this is how it is. And there's a lot more we can say about it, certainly. But hopefully, if nothing else... This is a piece of knowledge, a story that you can put in your mind. Because that's all it is. That helps you that you can refer to when the mind starts running loose. Why am I here? Why is this so hard? Thought I got rid of this. 
I wish this stuff would just go away. All those stories that often cause us more misery. Because we're ranting about it in a judgmental or victim type way. You can put them at bay a little bit with this story because maybe with this bit of knowledge you can say, maybe this is all part of the greater design. Maybe this challenge, like going to the gym, rock climbing, whatever is your metaphor, is exercise, and it's making your will strong. And in the meantime, more importantly, you're learning how to be happy. So that's my perspective on awakening, the conscious awakening that then, for those that take the journey, becomes a spiritual awakening. For those individuals interested in a systematic means of challenging these beliefs and dismantling them in the best way I know how, the self-mastery course is available on my website, as I mentioned. First few sessions are free. And it will take you through this matrix of dismantling the belief systems of the virtual world in your mind. So if you want to know how to do it and what to do, I recommend you go there. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. Oh, and one other note. Often is the response from people that this stuff is hard. Doing this work is hard. I will agree that it can be challenging. But to me, what's hard is actually to continue to suffer with the same belief system and the same habits and the same emotional reactions for years and years for the rest of my life. That's what I found really hard. That was a very hard way to live. The process of getting free, not easy. But I certainly wouldn't call it hard compared to living like that. Good luck. This is Gary Van Warmerdam. This has been the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com with a few thoughts on the conscious and spiritual awakening process.